God, we thank You that the names we call You today, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Emmanuel, are not wishful thinking, but God, I believe that they are truth. That You are a God who hears our prayers. You're a God who is present with us now. And regardless of where we've come from, I pray just in this moment with the sounds of babies and children all around us, with the sound of donkeys in the courtyard, that we just draw still for a moment. And amongst the hippopotamuses of Christmas, I pray, Lord Jesus, would we hear your voice? Holy Spirit, would we sense your presence? Speak and move amongst us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, you can grab yourself a seat. It's my privilege today uh, to come and talk about the reason why we called this service the good news. That this is good news for all today, friends. We're surrounded by a society that I think needs a little bit more good news than we currently have. Amen? Currently, did you know 90%? 90% of the news on today's television, social media, and around our world is negative. And it's not because everything is negative, it's because negative news sells. Apparently, we are far more likely to be attracted towards negative news than we are towards good news. But that's also because sometimes we see that bad news is more of our reality than good news. So much so that we've even used good news merely as a means to soften the blow of bad news. This is a trope that people come and say, friends, I've got good news and I've got bad news today. Which one would you like to hear? We say this all the time to soften the blow. There was a young boy once who just started driving, comes into his dad's office and he says to his father, dad, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the father says, well, give me the good news first. The son says, well, dad, the good news is your airbags work fine. The bad news is your car no longer does, right? That's kind of what we do. I do it all the time. I've got good news and I've got bad news, hoping that people will be delighted by whatever measure of good news. I've got good news and bad news this year, mum. The good news is that there's gonna be a lot more food around the table for you and dad this year. The bad news is because I'm not coming home for Christmas. Friends, maybe some of you know the sting of bad news. Joseph knew the sting of bad news. 2,000 years ago, Joseph's story in the Bible begins with bad news before it gets to good news. So if you've had bad news this year, one of the central figures of the narratives of Christmas can understand. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we hear the narrative of how this person named Jesus, the one we call Messiah, how his story begins. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we read, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, and was faithful to the law, Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. What a terrible Christmas bombshell the woman of his dreams, the light of his life, the one who they think that these guys were actually probably teenagers at the time in late teenagehood, he'd found out that his future was now no longer gonna go the way he thought. He thought Mary had been immoral, that she had been pregnant and it wasn't his child. Now, for those of you who are children and don't understand what that means, you feel free to ask mum and dad on the way home. We're just gonna keep moving right past that, but you can kind of sense the weight of that. You're welcome, mum and dad, Merry Christmas. There's this sense of the weight of that moment, right? But I think some of us know that. We thought 2020 was bad. 
Then 21 came around and by 2022, we're like, surely there'll be world peace this year. Putin and, and, and Ukraine and Russia had something else to say about it. The economy doesn't look like it's heading in a great direction. The housing market, no one knows if the suburb we're in is gonna rise or fall. Who do we believe? And then beyond that, let's just bring it in and microscopically for a moment and look at our own lives. Friends, I guarantee you many of you this year have had bad news. We live in a world, even this week in Queensland, where tragic news and our police force has been, we live in a world with too much bad news. And so friends, if that's been your story, the Christmas story is not foreign to you. The Christian story is not foreign to you. The faith that we follow here at New Life is not a faith that says life is rosy, but acknowledges that life can be suffering. Life can be hard and life can be painful. But just like Joseph, I believe in my life that when there is only bad news, I've come to know and believe it merely means that God is not finished yet. And in this story, what Joseph thought was a moment of immorality, what Joseph thought was a moment of lacking of trust, where his whole life fell apart, an angel came along and said, Joseph, what you thought was bad, I'm gonna turn into good because something greater is at play. The angel rocks into the story in verse 20 and the angel says this, but after he had considered divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now there are some of you here today that hear this last line that as good news, that we declare as good news, that his name will be Jesus and he will save his people from their sins. And you're sitting there going, why is that good news for me? And there are some of us here today who are Christians and you know this story, but even as I say the word sins, your heart's grown cold, your ears are silenced up because we've been here before, we've talked about this too much. But I believe there is not a person in this room today that doesn't need to be reminded or hear for the first time what Joseph heard as good news 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, Joseph didn't just hear the story of a baby that he would wrap in swaddling clothes. He didn't just hear the news that he would have to deliver a child by his wife had to deliver a child amongst animal feces and donkeys and cows. No, what Joseph heard was the plan of heaven to invade earth. What Joseph heard was that the darkness would not win. What Joseph heard was that the darkness that seemed to break the very heart of humanity would not be where the story ended, that bad news would not win, that good news was coming. His name was Jesus and he came to save the world from their sins. But for some of us, that word sin can be a bit of an obstacle. It can be a bit hard. Where do you get off pastor saying that Christmas is about sin? It's meant to be about candy canes and, and Santa Claus. Why, where does hippopotamus fit into Christmas? That's what I wanna know. And I'm 100% with you. Someone's gonna have their job on the line on Monday. No, I'm kidding. I think, yeah, I was totally behind that idea. I think it was amazing. But there's a moment where we've got to reconcile that actually for Christmas to be good news, we actually first need to know the bad news. That before Joseph heard the bad news, a man named Isaiah hundreds of years before prophesied this day would come, but he said it a little bit more cryptically. Hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus Christ, Isaiah says it like this. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those, it says landing, but it should say living. On those living in a deep darkness, a light has dawned. What's Joseph saying? What's, what's Isaiah saying here? He's saying, that before you know the good news of the Bible, the first thing we've got to recognise is that the world is a dark place, friends. And there are not many of you in this room that would disagree with me. There are many, not many of you in this room that would stand there and say, no, the world's going really well, upwards and to the right. It's never been better. 
Thank God for 2022. What a great year all around the world, friends. That's just not been the case. We look out and on the news, the reason why there's 90% of bad news on the, on the news is because there is darkness in our world. And as we come into Christmas time, I guarantee you there are people in this room who are finding it hard to be joyful, find it hard to be mirthful. They're trying and struggling to prepare themselves for Aunt Ethel coming around, but they know she's gonna criticise the Christmas ham. There's a lot of darkness in our world. And here's the thing I would suggest is that what the Christian story says is that the darkness isn't just out there. It's actually in here. That before we can start worrying about Putin, worrying about the economy, before we can worry about any of that, so what the Bible says is that there's a far more closer place to home we need to talk about. It's in the human heart. That's where darkness originates. Friends, the only way you'll know the good news of Christmas is first of all, we can know the bad news of our own estate, that you and I, friends, are inextricably broken. When that angel said to Joseph, Jesus has come to save his people from their sins, the bad news of that is that we don't get to choose who the sinners are. The even worse news, friends, is that there are sinners in this room right now. I've even got some worse news for all of you. There's a sinner sitting right next to you. Feel free to look at them right now. Some of you took that too literally, please. <laughs> There's a sinner standing in front of you on platform. There's a sinner with us online. In fact, what the Bible says is that sin is the great equalizer. No matter how good you think you are, no matter how much you tried this year, we've all fallen short of a mark or a standard at some point. Friends, I am a sinner. There is darkness in the heart of this pastor. So what do we do? Well, I wanna postulate that the greatest problem of our world isn't solving all of our family dramas, it's actually reconciling our hearts first. And see what Jesus came to do, what Jesus came to, to, to end was not the Roman Empire that continued for many years to come. What Jesus came to do and end was not the economic crisis. Economies have risen and fallen since His life and His death and His resurrection. What Jesus came to end was the power of darkness and sin in your heart and grant us a new heart and a new life. Give us a new way forward. That Michael Hands, this, this pastor who if not for God would be a broken man, might have a better future because Jesus steps in and cleanses what I have dirtied. Friends, that's the good news of Christmas. That when we look at a manger and a baby in swaddling cloth, he doesn't stay a baby. He becomes a man. And that man dies a death that we could not die after living a life that we, should have, we could not live. Why? Why? Because you refuse to let the bad news of your heart be the last news in your story. That's why Christmas is good news, friends. But for some of us, Christmas has become about bad advice. In fact, some of us, Christmas or even church, maybe you're here today and it's the first time you've been in church in many years and you've stopped coming because church has become more about good advice than anything else. And you, you're like, I'm sick of advice, especially at this time of year. I opened up my news app this morning and there was like 12 ways to avoid family feuds at the Christmas table. I'm like, oh my gosh, you turn on the TV and Carl Stefanovic's telling us his latest five great recipe pieces of advice to impress the mother-in-law. We've got 10 great gifts to get the kids. We've got advice coming out of our ears, friends. And too many people think that Christianity is about advice. That what we're trying to do here is tell people how to be better. Hey, just love more. Be a little bit more peaceful. I don't know about you, but the more people tell me to love, the more people tell me to be kind, the more people tell me or give me advice on how to be a better person, I seem to get worse. Because advice doesn't change the heart. That's why they didn't say to a group of shepherds on the side of a hill, the angels didn't rock up and say, fear not shepherds, for we bring you good advice. 
that will be joy for all the world. No, these angels rock up and they say, there is good news and it will be joy for all people. For today in the town of Bethlehem, the city of David, there has been a Saviour, has been born a King for all of time. See friends, good advice says this, this is what you need to do. Good news says, this is what has already been done. And it's a massive change. Can you imagine if we heard an army marching on us today and a king stood up and said, I will defend you with my army. He marches off to defeat the enemy and we only find out that the king was overwhelmed. The king was defeated. The king's forces couldn't stand up against the army that was coming towards us. In that moment, if the king was defeated, what we need is not news. What we need is advice. We need to know strategies. We need to know weapons. We need to know statistics. We need to know what to do next. But if the king who marches on our behalf, he wins. He vanquishes, He rises triumphant. Then what is sent back to us, friends, is not a list of advice. It is headlines of good news that says the King has won. Nothing else has to be done. That's why Christmas is good news, friends, because heaven doesn't just invade earth. Heaven defeats darkness. That's the truth of Christmas. And the beauty, the beauty is in this question, is Jesus good news for you today? Is Jesus good news for you? For too many of us, Jesus is a nice idea but he's come into our world and he says, I wanna be good news for all. Because what Jesus came to do on that cross was to die a death. And in that death, what happens is what we call the great exchange. All of His perfection is given to us. And what does He take in exchange? He takes all of our darkness and sin and shame. He pays the price and the cost of it. And what He does in our hearts, He one day will do amongst all of humanity and all of mankind. That moment is best typified by a story I tell often, a story about dirty clothes. Imagine you and I, we're playing in a house, we're hanging out with God, but you and I, we wanna go out, we wanna play tag outside. So we go, God, we just wanna duck out and play a bit of tag outside. And God's like, that's fine, but just remember in my house, no dirty people allowed. And so we duck outside and we go and we play tag. We're having a great time, but suddenly we see the best mud pit ever. And I look at you, you look at me and we're like, let's get dirty. This is awesome. This is what happens in life, right? Like we know there are things around us we shouldn't partake in, things we shouldn't click on, thoughts we shouldn't think, words we shouldn't say, but it just feels too good. And so we dirty ourselves. We throw mud, we make mud piles, we have the best time not thinking about the consequences until the bell rings and we realise it's time to come home for dinner. And as we're on our way back home, we see painted across the front door a massive sign that says this, no dirty people allowed. And friends, that for so many years has been where the Christian story stops for some. I could never go to church. I could never be involved. I'm too dirty. But Jesus doesn't wait for us to come inside. The door creaks open. He says, what are you doing? And he's like, well, Jesus, look at us. We're muddy ass. Look at how imperfect we are. We can't come inside. Look at at who I am. Someone like me could never fit in in there. I'm covered in mud. Jesus stands there with beautiful nappy sand white clothes in front of us. He looks at you, He looks at Himself, He looks back at you and a smirk comes across His lips and He says, I've got an idea. Let's change clothes. I know Jesus, you can't carry my dirt. I'm the one that did the mud thing. He says, yes, but the Father in heaven wants you home with Him. So He sent me here to replace you and send you inside. That's what the cross does. The cradle It's good news because the cross awaits Christ. And on the cross of Jesus Christ, He takes everything that we have done wrong and gives us in exchange everything we don't deserve. Why? Because He loves you. Because He loves you. 
Friends, there are people in this room that believe their relationships, their sexuality, their life decisions have made them disqualified from the gospel. And I've come to tell you today that good news is for all. No, qualifi- no qualifications, no excuses. If you breathe air in your lungs today, then Jesus Christ has come to call you home, replace your dirt with His beauty and welcome you as a son and daughter of God. Is the good news of Christmas good news for you today? Because it is for me. In the test of life where I have failed, I get an A plus, not because I'm smart enough, because Jesus takes the test for me. That's the beauty. And friends, this good news maybe has not been heard by some of you. In 1883, Abraham Lincoln signed something called the Emancipation Proclamation. Who knows why they use so many syllables to say something so simple. In that moment, what it was, was when Abraham Lincoln declared that all black men and black women were free from slavery for all of time in the United States of America. It was a great day, news rippled out, but it took two years to get to Texas. It took two years for the slaves in Texas to find out that they had been free. They were free under the law, but the news hadn't reached them yet. So in reality, they still lived as slaves. And the reason why I say that, friends, is there are some of you that need to be told today, Jesus has done all that needs to be done. You are set free under the law. The only difference is you've not reacted to it. You've not heard it. No one's told you yet. So I'm here today to tell you, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Your shame can be done. Your guilt can be gone. Your your darkness can be dealt with. And in, in replace, God doesn't make you a better person. He wants to make you a new person, a new creation in Him. Is the good news of Jesus Christ your good news today? And for those of you who are Christians in the room, my question is, why did no one run to Texas that weekend? Why did no one go and say, you've been set free? And the same question could be asked of us. Those of us who have the good news, who are the people that are longing and waiting to hear it, that we are being called to go and tell? Friends, I wanna pray today. I wanna pray for you. Number one, for those of us who call Christian, Christianity our faith, Jesus Christ our Saviour, that you would have the boldness to tell the good news to others. And secondly, I wanna pray for you today. If you've never had Jesus Christ change clothes with you, today is your day. Today is your day. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Let's pray to you. Gracious God, right now there are people across this room, there are parents struggling to keep kids quiet. There are people who are waiting for food and coffee and all things, but in this moment, I sense Holy Spirit that you're actually still in our hearts to speak. This morning, Lord Jesus, you gave me names of people you've called me to tell the good news to that I haven't yet. Father, I pray you wouldn't just propel me, propel us into the world that we would take the good news of Jesus to all those who need it. But God, there are some of us in this room today who have felt like the Christian faith, like church, like following Jesus, that we are excluded from it because of some factor of our lives, something we've done, something that the church has judged us for or something we've judged ourselves for. And you've said, I've come to change clothes with you. I've come to you, my perfection, no excuses, no qualifications. All I need is a willing recipient to say, I'm sorry. I choose to follow you. So friends, if you're in this room right now and you know that this Christmas, the greatest news of all is that God can give you a new heart, a fresh start and a second chance. If you know that you need Jesus to not only forgive you of your sins, but offer you new life and freedom, it's on offer today. He stands in front of you and nappy Sam White and says, I've already done it. Let's change clothes. Let me take your place.